Welcome to the pod. What's going on, Mike? I'm doing good. I got a lot on my mind. It was a huge week. A lot of stuff happened. Yes. So I got some big news. I've sold some stocks that I've had for 10 years. 10 so years. Like so 10 years. And the reason I'm bringing the 10 year mark up is I know that a lot of listeners, they heard that I bought Netflix. They heard that I bought uh, MetaFast. They heard that I bought Penn. We're not wheeling and dealing guys. I, you know, I buy a stock. Sometimes I marry that stock. And sometimes I keep it for 10 years and I've cut ties with two stocks this week. The divorce is finalized. I gave my papers. They tried to throw things like a dividend. Our return on investments have increased and I cut the ties and I'm never going back. All right. Can I tell you what these two stocks are? Oh, this is this is what I've been waiting for through this uh, so monologue. The first one monologue. I like it. Yeah. I was I was searching for a word. I didn't know where to go. Diatribe. That's a good word right there. I, yeah, I know what that means. Anyways, um, I digest. <laughs> anyway, I sold GE. And just like you talk about dollar cost averaging, I do the reverse when I'm selling a stock. I bought so much GE 10 years ago during the 2008 market crash, which I want to talk about this later, where it's good to have cash on hand. So when the crap hits the fan and the Dow, we're in a bull market and the, or excuse me, on a bear market and the Dow just keeps going down every day, every day, just like 2008 for, you know, six months in a row, you want to have cash available to buy it. Back in 08, I was just buying tons and tons of GE paid a dividend. It was probably one of the biggest staple stocks that you could have. We always have that saying that you could never get fired in the 80s and 90s if you were a mutual fund of a hedge fund manager, if you had your clients in GE. And I slowly, just like the opposite of dollar cost averaging, which you're buying stocks on a, on a, a, a certain amount every, you know, on a periodical time, whether it's every month, every quarter, we talk about it time and time on the podcast. I was selling them over and over the years because the company got worse and worse. It was cheating on me. It was awful. There was no point in having it. And I finally, after 10 years, sold all my GE. All right. Now, I'm never going to buy GE. And when I sold my GE, and I want to thank you, Nate, personally, because part of this podcast, you and your feedback has made me a better investor as well, too. So I do appreciate it. I oh, sold glad my to GE. Help. And I sold my Philip Morris International. Ooh. Now the PM. I got some stuff after this too. Go on. Philip Morris. Well, I know we're going to talk about this because you and I have, have a little back in time Nate Mike talk. I think the original Altria, which owns Philip Morris, was the first stock you and I ever owned together. You and I bought Altria. I think we kind of bought it together probably 16 years ago. It's been over 14 years. Now, and I'll tell you why through hours and weeks of therapy, why I still have my Philip Morris, okay? Because when we owned Altria, here's the backstory, which Altria owned, the stock symbol is MO, um, that used to, they own Marlboro, and Altria, they actually had owned so many entities. They owned Kraft at the time we owned them, remember that? Yep. They did own their Philip Morris International, which we're talking about right now, PM. They owned um, 
what else? They owned a bunch of stuff. They were one of, talk about a staple. They were one of the dogs of the Dow for 40 years. You tell me. Yeah, tell me about I mean, both. Uh, the main business of uh, the Philip Morris company, back then it was Philip Morris, and it became Altria, and then they spun off Philip Morris as the international division, but the main bread and butter was just cigarettes, tobacco. But um, they have owned everything in the past from Kraft Foods, to Nabisco, to Best Foods, a 25% stake in, I think, S.A.B. Miller. So beer, they own wine, um, all sorts. I mean, the the smoking product, I mean, the tobacco products are really it between most every cigarette, but then also every every type of pipe tobacco, every type of chewing tobacco. When they spun off Kraft, you and I just sold, sold those shares, right? We, mm -hmm. It was our first spinoff. Yep. Where, you know, I was in my 20s. I didn't know what to do. I'm like, I don't want craft. I don't see the value there. They make macaroni and cheese and I sold it. And I kind of regretted that. And now, I sold mine because you sold yours. And I thought you knew what you were doing. <laughs> so who won? Do your own research. So Thank you. That is a good, good tip there. I take back what I said about you making me a better investor. So when they spun off Philip Morris, I said, you know what? I do not want to make the same mistake. I'm going to keep it. Unlike I sold Kraft, I'm going to keep my Philip Morris and just keep it and keep it forever and see what happens. And that was fast forward to 10 years later. And I'm thinking, you always say, I like it. You, you got this philosophy from another podcast, the, the snap theory of if mm -hmm. the company exists and you snap your fingers and it goes away, like Google, that's going to be a light. Like you wake up tomorrow, there's no Google, there's no YouTube. That's going to have an impact on your life, mm -hmm. right? I don't even know someone that smokes. Right. I really don't. I cut ties with um, PM. And can I tell you what I bought? Um, what did you buy? <laughs> All right. Let me rephrase this. I'm going to tell you what I bought and you're going to listen. <laughs> I bought Google and I bought right. all Google with all of it. And I'll tell you what, the reason what made me really pull the trigger is if someone came up to me or one of our listeners sent me an email and said, Hey, a big fan of the show. First time uh, calling in. First time, I, I, time. Which, which is better to own GE and Philip Morris or Google. I'll listen to offline. I would say, what are you nuts? Get rid of the GE and the Philip Morris international smoking's a done deal. GE, unless I can, unless GE's done. I can't think of a funny analogy off the top of my head. I'm going all in on Google. That's what I did. That's my monologue. What's your thoughts? Well, first of all, congratulations. Welcome to the club of uh, opening Google too. I think this makes you a true owner of uh, all the uh, the Fang stocks. You Facebook, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Apple, Netflix, Google. I mean, I I will take part credit for sure on the uh, at least on the Netflix and uh, Google talk that we've been doing lately here too. So awesome. As far as your uh, your ESG score here, we'll say ESG is uh, environmental, social, and, and governance investing. I would say you 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 got some major points there. I think uh, Google does pretty good on that scale, and uh, Philip Morris was definitely rated way way low just by the fact that their product uh, kills people. And there's no debating that. I mean, the number of smokers year over year is less and less. But yet their profits, they just keep finding ways to, to cut costs by raising packs, the price on packs of cigarettes and, and streamlining. But there's no, no, no debating, no two ways about it, that their, their product is, is super bad. So I commend you. 
for actually well, and, also getting rid of a product that kills people. And a lot of it too was I, I kind of I appreciate that. The second part is we talked about dividends a lot last week. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm just holding on to the stock. It's like, you know, the, using the relationship, like you're just holding on to some toxic relationship just because you know you 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 have a blockbuster account together or whatever you know (laughs) and it's like i'm not going to hold on to them just because they pay a dividend and what really i really should have pulled the switch is when i heard that you know i have a teenager when they started the Mm -hmm. vaping thing and the teenagers and the vapor vaping and all that bad stuff that's happening and popcorn lung i should have sold right then and there and I just was so narrow focused on the dividend and it was free and I didn't want to make the same mistake I made with craft. But I think in hindsight, obviously, you should have sold the Philip Morris International. You should have kept the craft. I should have kept the craft. Yeah. And I think I could sleep it better at night not knowing I have the craft. And there, there's my story for you. Well, I, uh, I'm going to open up to you now. I feel that uh, here's your chance to... Uh, to, to help me become better by getting rid of my position. I sold my Philip Morris a couple years ago, but I still have a stake in Altria. And uh, I don't have any good reason. Well, for, that's for, me. I, had... I, I try to justify it with stuff. I, here's the thing. The boys, they I told them that Altria was one of my best performing stocks. So so they bought it. And then immediately they're like, wait, why did we how do we buy into a tobacco company? We don't agree with the philosophy of this company. We don't agree with their product. We don't use it. We don't want to use it. We know people that have used it in our family and the results have not been good. So we're getting out of it. And then here I am still just quietly sitting on the sidelines, holding it, collecting those dividends. And then each time I've since gotten a dividend for the last few years, I've been taking those dividends and not reinvesting them in more shares. I've just been putting it in other stuff. So that's how I've used my, my justification. The other one too is my other big justification. This is a good one is right. Is that I think eventually marijuana is going to be legalized at the federal level, right? Mm -hmm. It's happening. in I don't know how many States it's up to now, but my big, my big thing is like, well, once it's legalized at the federal level, who's going to better be able to mass produce uh, marijuana cigarettes than the biggest maker of all time in Altria, right? So that's a pretty flimsy reason for wanting to hold on to a product right now. I it kills agree. thousands of people. So lay it on me. I, I just need some help. Somebody just tell me to get rid of it. I say, here's the thing. Here's the reason why. And remember, and this is going to sound like I am, uh, was, you know, it's 1987. I, if you've been listening to the pod, I sold Exxon, GE, Philip Morris, and I replaced it with Metafast, Netflix, and Google. Mm-hmm. And I should have done that a long time ago. Again, uh, my therapist, after uh, six months, um, <laughs> he's always like, why don't we talk about something else besides stocks? And that's what I'm like, time's up. <laughs> uh, is that um, we, part of, Basic investing is bettering bettering yourself and reading books and literature. Would you agree? Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of these books, you know, from, um, you know, whether it's just influences from other people that when you were kind of coming up, there was a lot of stuff of you buy a company that pays a good dividend. That is a company that has good earnings every year. And then you hold on to it forever. And that's kind of why I think for me, 
I was like, GE, uh, when I bought it in 08, it's, this is a time for me to buy one of those stocks that we read about in the books, Exxon Mobil, GE. The idea is to buy these old timer stocks that pay, a, you know, grandpa stocks. Sorry, Opa, the, the Oracle there. But these, these grandpa Shout stocks out to Opa. that are, you know, paying huge dividends that historically go up 20% year over year for the decade and you don't sell them. That's kind of one, that's not my entire philosophy, but that's a good basis when people start reading these investment books and it's hard to get away from that, especially with, to your point to Altria, it worked, right? Well, it's, I mean, here's the other thing. It's, it still does work. I mean, I mentioned before that the numbers have been declining year over year since, since 1980, but yet when you look at the performance of their stock, it's like a direct inverse relationship there as far as it is, it's going up. I read in, um, speaking of investing books or reading in this for a long time, really helped justify my reasoning too, for wanting to own the company just because on a purely, um, selfish level, it was, was making me money. But it, the story goes in this book, it's called the millionaire next door by this guy, Tom Staley. And he talks about, um, this, uh, this person that had basically smoked a pack of, uh, Marlboro cigarettes for, um, the better part of 50 years started in, in 19, um, in 1950 and smoked up until 2000 or something. And, and then I think ended up dying of lung cancer or something. But the point in the book was that had you, every pack of cigarettes you bought a day, had you invested that in Altria stock that it would have, it would have equivalent, uh, equated to something like uh, $52,000 or something in, in the cost of it. But the actual price of the, the value of your, your holding in the stock would have been over $2 million or something like that. And for a long time, I was really just, I was focused on that too, just ignoring the part that I, that I wanted to about the fact that even in the story, it's somebody that, that died from, from, uh, from cigarettes. And just Starbucks that, maybe as an example, that Frappuccino, I, yeah. I, I think I got to commend you. So I'm, I mean, all I can say is that I have been a hypocrite. I've been trying to get better at investing and be more aware of uh, social issues, looking at companies that have more diversity, looking at products that are better for the environment. And then here I am, one for one of my holdings is a company that does absolutely, I don't know how you can justify it. Good I, I think else. that, uh, look, we bought all three together. We're selling all three together, man. All right, all I cut right, my well, ties and I feel, I gotta be honest, I felt great. It's like, oh man, what was I thinking yeah. holding on to that stuff? And I think it's good you got a conscious. And then I, I say dump it and move on. And let's just go to the simple fact. I mean, who, who do you even, like, do you, who do you know who is like, literally buys cigarettes on a continuous basis? Well, uh, I mean, I, Altria was is part owner of jewel right the big vape company that's they took the a large percentage and then yeah. yes and then yes and somehow trying to to justify owning it as if somehow there's these other products that are not nearly as harmful when now the studies have shown that vaping is and that there's no two ways about it that tobacco is is a killer um and then just saying well maybe they'll transition to to cannabis and that's uh less harmful or they have their their wine and their Less spirits. Part like, <laughs> would you buy like the blood diamond ETF? Would you be like, Hey, it's got good returns. Well, yeah. this is the big point, right? Is one of my favorite games to play 
with the boys is I own that company, right? You drive by something or whatever, you see it's something you're like that. It's just like the same thing we talk about when the stock's going up, but you're always willing to say, hey, it's going up. And then if it's one of those ones that's down, you're like, man, don't don't worry about it. Don't talk about that one. And that's exactly what I'm doing. It's like, what a a hypocrite I am. So next trading window, market, Altria is done. Selling it, cutting ties. Well, it's funny is like, we'll do this thing where we go to Home Depot, which I own. And we'll <laughs> go to where they have, they have the gift cards mm-hmm. and I'll be like, Oh, Chipotle gift card. I own that. And then my son will, will look at, it, he'll be like, Oh, well, I own that. And it's like, when I'm at the grocery store, I'm not like, well, let's go to the cigarette, <laughs> the, <laughs> right. the cigarette thing and be like, let's point out the cigarette brands I own. So yeah, another few hours here, next trading window, it's gone. All right. And I, this got to me thinking too. So, uh, well, that's kind of, we talked about a little bit last week. There's, you talk to enough people about Facebook. They say, I need to get off Facebook. I need to take a break off of Facebook. It's toxic in my relationship with my spouse. Um, you know, it's toxic with my kids or I'm on it too much or I'm on it when I'm driving, whatever. And you know what? I never say that, oh, I got to stop Googling too much and learning. Mm-hmm. I never say, um, you, you know, I got to stop going to Home Depot and buying too much lumber or whatever the case may be. Or I'm never like, oh man, Amazon Prime is too convenient for me. And it's too efficient. But I do say, I got to get off Facebook. This is a waste of time. I could be reading investing books. I'm starting to think I own the fang. I kind of think if I'm to cut one, I'm nine times earning on Facebook. I bought it at 42. And to me, it's just an ad clickbait. Don't like all the privacy stuff. We talked about it last week. I think I'm going to cut bait and move on. All right. You're cutting bait on Facebook and I will cut Uh, bait on Altria. I was going to yesterday and I'm like up 3%. I'm like, well, let's just see how it goes. You know, it's funny. It's the same thing with Altria too, right? Um, Yeah. A lot of my stuff is down this year because it's very um, uh, tech heavy, right? And it's been hard lately, but I was Mm -hmm. looking at all the Altria and it's up something like 28% year to date. So this is the thing that I will admit that I have this fault too. I can say all these things, but psychologically speaking, it's still hard seeing something that has performed so well on this, not just this year, but overall, it's just- uh, But you only think you could make 28% somewhere um, else? I mean- Yeah, over over the long term, but it does yeah. not help with the psychological part. And this is what we nope. talk about too. We're still just human. Well, and I'm not, and, I'm uh, not, you know, I'll get off my high horse. I mean, I had it for 10 years, you know? I, I mean, mean, it's it's like you- I mean, I will look back and I will say, hey, that it performed very well for me for, for over 14 years. And I will use that money now to invest in companies that I like their product that I like with. I like their management. I like their message. And again, the, one of the big things too is the social part of it too. Looking for companies that are using their voice, their power to do good for, for our for our society as a whole. I like the social part. I, I respect that. I gave you the props. I was thinking about, um, I thought my train of thought here, spinoffs. Cause that's where ultra was the king of spinoffs. So I was thinking of like, this is not stock related. The top five band spinoffs, if they were companies, let me give you an example. Okay. Nirvana was a huge, it's like a company, mm-hmm. huge band, Kurt Cobain, Dave Grohl's the drummer. They spun off to make Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big company. Right. Good spinoff. Coming in at number four, I've got the Wu-Tang Clan, right? 
They spun off Method Man. They spun off ODB. Well, they basically spun, all ten of them. Yeah, they all, all made ten of them, right, right. Yeah. But they each got some good ep- some good albums, some movies in there. Coming in number three, Metallica's huge company. They spun off Megadeth with Dave Mustaine leaving, right? Yeah. Coming in at number two, I had um, Black Sabbath. They spun off Ozzy Osbourne, huge conglomerate, right? And then number one, if you're talking business, you had NWA. They spun off Ice Cube, which gives you the Friday fan, the Friday franchise, all of his albums. And then within NWA, you had Dr. Dre, which is what? He's worth, what, a billion dollars? You have, what, 200 shares of Apple in there? You got the Beats headphones? I thought about I, that today. I, I love all those, but I, I think you're, you're missing the best one ever, though. I mean, uh, the Go-Go's. I mean, Belinda Carlisle became a huge star in the, in the 80s, right? <laughs> the Go-Go's. Huge, 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 <laughs> huge crush on Belinda Carlisle back in the, uh, in the 80s. Oh. What's the best? Uh, co- do you own any other companies that were part of spinoffs? I would have had I held on to my craft shares instead of dumping them like you did, right? This is, this is an interesting one to go down to. So, right, Altria spins off craft. And then Kraft gets bought by Mondelay, I think. And then, so had we held on to our Kraft shares, those would have became Mondelay shares. And then Mondelay spins it off to Kraft Heinz. It becomes a merger with the Kraft Group and the Heinz Group, I think. So this would have been one, if nothing else, I wish I had held on to those Kraft shares just to see what it would look like now, starting with having bought a uh, tobacco company, ending up with the food processor, being bought out by a candy maker, being bought by another food processor. But um, as far as spinoffs, I, I can't think. Uh, oh, yeah. No. Um, I don't have the kids any. have. I told you, I was telling the stories of United Technologies, um, starting with that. And uh, now one of the boys has... Um, has the Raytheon Technologies, but then got the spinoff in uh, Otis, which makes the is the elevator division, and then Carrier, which is the um, um, air conditioning unit. So basically, has three different companies from from one initial purchase. But I don't have any like that. More so the companies that have been taken private. Yeah, the take private, or when they get bought out like by another company, and then that's that's. I've always thought Amazon would be buying more stuff up. Actually, oh my gosh, did you hear the news last week? This week? Yes, bought, bought MGM Studios, right? 8.94. Here's the, my head scratcher, okay? Now, I'm a big fan of Amazon. You actually kind of talked me into them a little bit because the thing with Amazon is they were that, That's so right. I think I've talked, with the exception of Facebook and uh, Apple, right? We can just say Amazon, Netflix, Google, this guy right here had, had, had a yeah. say in it. Well, the thing is, it takes me a little while to come to come around on a couple things. And uh, when with Netflix, again, I find the valuation in them now. There wasn't the valuation in them five, six years ago with Amazon. I didn't see the valuation. So I was a little bit late to the party, but at least I got a winner in my hand. Um, but here's the thing that's a head scratcher. Amazon is paying $8.94 billion for MGM, essentially just for the Bond franchise. Yeah, and they paid thirteen billion for Whole Foods. Okay, that makes sense. I'm trying to put this in and trying to because it's it's kind of like counting stars when you're talking a billion dollars or whatever. But when you're then thinking nine billion for MGM, I don't know if that's worth it. If you just bought 
Whole Foods, one of the the number one, one of the best grocery stores out there for 13, and when it was, it was a well-performing stock for $13 billion. And then here you are paying 9 billion for like illegal, illegally blonder, legally blonder, whatever, you know what I'm saying? You're going to Whole Foods, you're ordering from Whole Foods, you're buying from Whole Foods, they're generating cash, but it's like, oh, cool. We have RoboCop right on. Well, you, you just <laughs> made me think of something though, when you were talking about, uh, I mean, Whole Foods and uh, MGM, this, this, this brings up a, a good point here. As part owner of the company, I think I'm going to have to have a sit down with Mr. Uh, Bezos and company too. I don't even have a Whole Foods in the in in my area, but yet now I have access to the entire James Bond library. I would love the opportunity to be able to shop at Whole Foods. So, yeah, we need to work some things out. Maybe we get a Whole Foods in every state before we worry about expanding the uh, media empire. Well, and the point is, is now they're like, well, he's going to have the whole Bond, and when you have the Bond ones, that means you can do spinoffs and blah blah blah. But I I just I just think that's a look, and I'm not doing the thing where it's like, well. 8.9 billion that's a lot of money like to me okay 13 billion you get whole foods you put together this infrastructure to deliver groceries in two hours that's to your point earlier you know good for the environment healthy food getting your kids in better shape etc cetera, etc cetera. that makes sense to me whereas now i'm looking at the mgm movies okay i'm going straight to the 80s here all right um you tell me if this is worth 8.9 billion dollars um, let's see here. What, I'm trying to find some good ones in here, uh, which it looks like is going to be hard to do. Um, a Christmas story. All right. It's classic every Christmas time. I mean, well, 8.94 billion. <laughs> I still need a little bit of work there. The aviator, uh, view Ooh, to kill uh, aviator. I love that movie. No wait. Okay, that's not Rocky the movie Four's in there. I'm, now we're hey, at about one billion. This okay? this is basically the start of the friendship right here. Our conversation when me uh, <laughs> telling you no. I mean, single handedly ended the Cold War. Five can change, <laughs> and use can change. We all can change. I was like, man, done I've and done. used your joke. Oh, Rocky Four single handedly ended the Cold War, and people are like, no, it didn't. Like, <laughs> it's a joke. So we're at we're at I'm at five hundred million dollars right now. Poltergeist 2, not the first one, <laughs> but the second one's in there. So we're about 550 million. Spaceballs, I'll put us up to a, a billion, maybe. Uh, ooh, baby boom. <laughs> uh, man, uh, what else we got in here? Poltergeist 3, not the first one, but the third one's in there. Uh, Child's Play. Rain Man. Ooh, let's go to the Child's Play. What'd you think of the Child's Play uh, series? I mean, the first, after the first two, it, it's definitely downhill, but Child's Play, it's a classic Has, one. A, a doll comes back to life. It's possessed by a, uh, what is the guy does uh, witchcraft or something and puts his uh, his uh, soul inside <laughs> a little, little doll to evade the police. And then he was just going to go back to a body, but he gets stuck in it. I mean, that's I think we got a right script there. work in here, Nate. And as us part owners of the MGM Studios, I think we can make this work somehow. So I, I think this is we just make a, we make a call. We make a call, and we're just like, okay, let's reboot the uh, the Child's Play franchise right here. With Delta Force Two, that one's pretty good. So what's with MGM and only starting with the sequels? I mean. <laughs> well, I'm going through the years that could have maybe I skipped the first one. That's a good point. Um, 
Thelma and Louise. Uh, let's see your man in the moon. These are the nineties. Benny and June. These are some real duds in here. Jeez. Give me something good here. Uh, Showgirls. All right, we're getting there. We're at about a, a bit <laughs> billion maybe at most. Uh, Kingpin. All right, all right, all right. We we, we referenced Kingpin not too long ago, right? Now, <laughs> if they actually talking from business, if they got the Fast and Fury in there, I mean that, that might be worth something. What else we got in here? I mean, really, Bond's the only thing that sticks out. Barbershop two. But no barber. Oh, they got barbershop one. <laughs> All right. I was like, again, keeping they up. They got one and two. Ice Cube, he's part of that barbershop, man. That, I'm telling you, the the, the spinoffs. Yeah. Um, they're also like, if they're just doing the sequels, they're like the company that waits until the company is spun off for a company, and then they only buy the spinoff, right? They don't buy the original yeah. company. So they're like, ooh, craft. I want it now. <laughs> I didn't want Altria. Just going spinoff. You do get the, you do get the Rockies. Um, that's pretty big, but like, what can you keep doing with the Rockies? That, that's well, they, my thing. But that's but they've redone the whole series, right? With just changing it to uh, to Apollo's son now, right? I like the I like the Apollo and two with uh, Ivan Drago's son. All right, I've changed my mind now. They are worth. I would have paid ten billion dollars because of Hot Tub Time Machine. That is a great movie. And Cabin in the Woods. Right then and there, I, I want to apologize on behalf of and they Cabin actually in the Woods alone. To me, and how much did Disney pay for Star Wars? They paid something like let me look five five billion or something for Lucas for Lucas Films. Disney paid four billion dollars for Star Wars, and Amazon's paying nine billion for Poltergeist. Well, don't forget Hot Tub Time Machine. Uh, well, and Hot Tub Time mean, Machine too. But you see what I'm I saying? I, I, don't, I don't know. But um, this, I mean, kind of, I mean, ties back to what we were talking about last week with uh, media. I mean, there is this, seems to be this race to become a new media conglomerate and uh, have unlimited supply of, of movies on demand. So is this just what the, the point is for for doing this is not only to have the library but just have all this content for for reboots for for new for new spin-offs for just new ideas i don't know but it seems like it it fits right in there with with AT&T spinning off um Time Warner and Discover to start this this new library of uh of content and i just can't help but think again all these companies are just trying to keep up with uh with Disney and Netflix right by the way did you know Disney doesn't pay a dividend all right, moving on. Actually, uh, I'm gonna make T-shirts at uh, next time I go to Disney and bring in like uh, that would be a good T-shirt. Disney doesn't pay a dividend? Question mark. Question mark. Dis so, but put put things in perspective. Maybe Disney got a good deal. Disney paid four billion dollars for Star Wars, four billion dollars for Marvel. So they paid eight billion dollars for Star Wars and Marvel, and then here's Amazon paying nine billion for poltergeist <laughs> i mean the when you just look at the marvel movies right the avengers franchise i think is more than paid for for both of those combined have to, but yeah, then absolutely. factor in the new star wars so i mean bob Iger and, growth, all that. and disney are, are genius i don't know if that's what uh amazon is trying to do or if it's just a simple thing that amazon is the master of not paying taxes 
right? If you ever look at their corporate tax bill, they pay very little, but it's because they just take all this money and keep reinvesting it back into the company. And I'm wondering again, if this is a, a ploy, they're like, wow, we're becoming too profitable here and we might have to pay taxes. So let's just buy a movie studio and we can just uh, piece it in there and, and make it work. Do, do you know what would be cool is if Jeff Bezos was like, you know what? I love Rocky and I want to <laughs> pretend that Rocky five never happened. So now that I own the franchise, I am making sure that I'm going to pay money to destroy every copy of Rocky <laughs> five and you can no longer watch it at any streaming platform on anywhere in the world that it yeah. never existed. Yeah. And then after that poltergeist two and three, right? <laughs> yeah. You get to go through, pick through movies. You don't like what's your favorite streamer stock. My favorite um, stock in the streaming space is actually at the moment is Roku, which, which I own. I like, Explain. I like, I do not own Roku. Roku, what I thought, what I found, at least, and this is just based on purely on, on my thoughts on it is that it's, um, as much as it's a, a hardware play, it's a, it's a software play. So, I mean, recently within the last few months, I had bought a, uh, a TV set, needed a new TV. And I noticed that most, all the TVs had the Roku device built into it, which I started thinking was genius right if your device if your platform is already integrated into the television set with most of the major brands whether it's samsung or sony you already have a leg up on your your competition right because you really don't have a choice you buy the tv it's there then what they do is that when you use the roku they have all sorts of banner ads in there and um that's how they really make their the revenue is when uh, clicking through on those on those ads. And then they have uh, all sorts of apps that you can download too that they get a piece of that as well. So I was just thinking they probably heavily subsidize the cost of the uh, the hardware for the uh, the manufacturer, right? The manufacturer saying, "Hey, that's great for us. You're going to pay to have uh, your device put in our TV sets." And then uh, what uh, Roku is doing is saying, "Yeah, we'll we'll do that because now everybody's going to be part of our ecosystem, right? They're going to get used to using Roku. They're going to click on us." Some of the potential I, I see is just them basically making more money from from ads, but also um, the idea of what you're going to be able to do from your television set, right? You turn on a live sporting event, you're going to eventually be able to click on it and get live odds up to date. You can be able to place your bet through through the televisions, clicking on your remote control. So this is why I'm I'm uh, on high on Roku in the streaming space, even though they don't really have much of their own. Uh, original content, although they did buy the library from uh, Quibi, which was that that short form uh, company that uh, was just going to produce stuff in small five minute segments. They they bought that all that content, but I like them more so from the uh, from the streaming part is is advertising, making money from 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 ads. I see a lot of potential there. Recap a couple things. You're selling Ultra tomorrow. Let mm -hmm. us know what you're buying on it. Okay. Uh, friendly reminder, we didn't bring it up first thing. We love the feedback we're getting from everyone at two buds, talk stocks, Instagram at two buds, talk stocks on Twitter, two buds, talk stocks at Gmail. Keep giving us the feedback, good or bad. And uh, it was great talking to you, Nate. What else? Anything else you got today? Yeah, uh, this is this was uh, big for me. Um, we are on um, Apple uh, Podcast now too, so you can always leave a rating on there if you uh, like anything you heard. Uh, go ahead and leave us a review. We appreciate the uh, the feedback. 
uh, give us a good rating. It, it helps bumps us up in the list so more people can uh, find out about us. But again, also, if you have anything good to say, drop us a line. Have anything bad, drop us a line. We're always trying to get better. Have a good Memorial Day weekend. Right back at you. I'll talk to you soon.